Welcome to The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Trevor Lovell, a pastor from our Near North location. Throughout this season, we wanted to create something consistent that would help add even a little sense of rhythm to life. And so to do that, we've altered our use of this podcast, and instead, we'll be posting a short devotional every day. We hope you'll join us and we'll enjoy listening. This is The Daily Cut, and I'm Trevor Lovell. All right, it's good to be with you all. Once again, I hope you're faring well in this season. And I do want to say, we hope that these devotionals have been helpful for you, that you've enjoyed listening to them, and that in the midst of a difficult season, we hope that they have been beneficial to you. And uh, so with that hope, I just want to ask that if they have been helpful, who else in your life do you think might benefit from these, right? Who's going through a hard time, going through a difficult season? Who do you think might benefit from listening to these? And, uh, and so I just want to ask, would you consider sharing it with that person, uh, whether it's your favorite episode or just the, the podcast in general? And it's always really encouraging to us when we see that kind of thing happening, because really it's our belief going back to Psalm 1, right, that it really is the Word of God that sustains us, that keeps us going. And that's why we have this podcast for this season, right, to just get even a little sip of the Word each day as we're tuning in, as we're looking into these passages. And so when someone takes the time to share it, it shows that, hey, this is actually actually beneficial for me, uh, and I believe it will be for other people as well. So uh, so thank you for, thank you all for the support. Glad to be on this journey together. All right, today um, we'll be looking into Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 14 together, uh, and we're going to continue going through Philippians as a whole. Christine Boyd did a great job starting us off last week. She's a deacon from our Bridgeport location, did a great job kicking off uh, our time in Philippians. And we're going to be here for about two weeks just soaking in this letter because really it's all about rejoicing in the midst of difficult circumstances, uh, something that's especially fitting for us in this season. So uh, so Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 14, that's what we're looking at today. And before we jump in, I just want to set it up real quick. All right, Paul, the author of the letter, uh, really significant writer in the New Testament, he's writing this letter while he's in prison. He's literally in chains as he writes this letter, as he wrote these words. And he's writing back to this church in Philippi that he helped start to catch them up on what's going on with him, kind of giving like a, a progress report and also to encourage them. And what we'll see as we look into this passage is we'll see how he's encouraging them, right? Even while he's in what you could call pretty terrible circumstances himself, we'll see what he's drawing on in order to, to find joy himself and also how he's bringing joy and encouragement to this church in Philippi, who, who are kind of, they're in a hard situation themselves. And so that's what we're going to see as we look into it. So let's jump in and read it here together. This is Philippians 1 verses 12 to 14. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it, is, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers and sisters, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Amen. Short passage, but a lot of meat on it. So we're going to jump into it now. So right off the bat here, Paul comes out with something scholars call a disclosure formula. It was a typical way of writing letters and of prefacing certain kinds of material within a letter in the Roman world about this time, right? So it's kind of like when you're about to explain what life's been like for you lately. You're about to fill in a friend on the details of what's been going on with you, and you would use this formula to introduce that. And Paul follows that here. He uses this formula as he moves 
into this new section of the letter, having just finished up the prayer that came before this. And he opens with this disclosure formula, very typical, right? He says, I want you to know. He expresses his intention. And then he says, brothers and sisters. He addresses his audience. But then what Paul says next isn't typical. It's actually kind of unexpected. He he goes a different way with this uh, than what would have been normal. Because remember, Paul is in prison. He's riding in chains with a guard standing beside him, watching over him. And he was put in prison for a certain reason. And there's all these details with how that happened, right? How did the arrest take place? Where were you? Where Was there a trial? How did that go? What are your days like now that you're in prison? There are all these details that you would have expected Paul uh, to put next in this disclosure formula that he's setting up to basically explain what happened to him. But instead of that, Paul says this, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel has really served to advance the gospel. He doesn't include all the details about himself, but he does make clear that what has happened to him has actually served to advance the gospel. That's what Paul wants to stress, right? That, yeah, I was arrested. Yeah, the the trial didn't go my way. Yeah, I'm in prison. And you might think that's bad. And truthfully, right, maybe it is. Not everything about this is great. But I can see God working through it. I can see God doing good things in this. And I can see the gospel advancing, even in my hardship. And for that, I'm glad, right? Which is kind of crazy that Paul is actually able to say that. Because if you think about it, just put it into our context, that would be like us getting a letter from one of our global partners and, uh, you know, maybe we've heard rumors and, and caught some of the news abroad about what happened, that we heard that they were arrested and things didn't seem good, kind of a hostile situation. And we're worried about them. We're praying for them. And then in the midst of all of that, we get a letter from them and it says, yeah, all that's true, but it's okay. I'm actually kind of glad about it because the gospel is advancing. And and that's why I'm here anyways. That's why I'm here to see the gospel advance. So yeah, I, maybe I didn't want to go to prison, but the gospel is advancing. So I'm kind of glad about it, which which I have to say is kind of just an incredible thing to consider that someone could respond in that way, but it shows their commitment to the gospel right? and their commitment to joining in the mission of God and what God is doing in the world. Now, what's cool is that as Paul continues, he does give us his reasons for this, right? He says that the gospel is advancing and that's why he's excited. That's why he's glad. But he gives kind of more reasons for why he thinks this is happening, right? So he gives that broad umbrella at the top being the advance of the gospel. But then he highlights two specific ways that he actually sees this happen, right? So it's not even this sort of vague kind of missionary wish fulfillment thing. Paul is actually seeing the gospel advance because he's been put in prison. And this is how that's happening. He says first in verse 13, uh, he says this, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Paul is excited because every day he has different guards, right? Different soldiers from the imperial guard who are watching over him as a prisoner. And what this has done is it's given him the chance to develop a relationship with them, or at the very least, to share with them why he's in chains. And his answer to that question every time is because of Christ. Because if Paul wasn't a follower of Christ, if he didn't proclaim the truth that Jesus is the one true king above all kings, including Caesar, he wouldn't be in prison. If Paul had relinquished those claims and those convictions, he wouldn't have been arrested. 
He wouldn't have been put on trial. And even now, if he was to let go of all that, he'd be set free. And so he remains in chains for Christ. And during his time in prison, that reality becomes known to the entire imperial guard and even beyond, right? That this man believes so strongly in this Jesus that he's willing to remain in prison for him. And Paul's excited about that, about the chance to give that kind of a witness and, and testimony, right? And I think that that can be kind of a challenging thing for us to consider, right? That Paul was willing to undergo difficulty like that for the sake of being a witness, right? For the sake of testifying to Jesus Christ and the work of the gospel in his life. I think that, that can be a challenging thing to consider, right? But that's the first reason that he gives. The second he gives is in verse 14, where he says this, and most of the brothers and sisters having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Basically, the other believers where Paul is, they see his courage, they see his boldness, and it's contagious. They're compelled by his example, and they become stronger witnesses because of it. They become more outspoken about their faith and about Jesus because of the way that Paul has handled his own difficulty. And so Paul Right, maybe he's not happy that he's in prison, but he sees that it's given him this incredible opportunity to witness to these soldiers and even doing so in a way that demonstrates the strength of his convictions. And also, as he's done that, it's been an encouragement to these other believers because they see his example and they're spurred on by it. And so the gospel is advancing through him and it's advancing through them as well uh, as they become more bold in this encouragement. And Paul writes all this in the letter. He stresses this point because his hope is that the same thing would be true for the Philippians, right? That, that for this church in Philippi, he doesn't want them to hear that he's in prison and that he's dejected and that he's beat, right? He wants them to hear that even in these setbacks, the gospel is advancing. It's moving forward. And Paul wants them to be encouraged by that and to be emboldened by it. He hopes their joy in the gospel and their witness for it too that those things wouldn't shrink in this season of difficulty, but that they would grow even in the midst of adversity. Right? Because the Philippian church, they had their difficulties too. Paul acknowledges that. But his hope is still that their joy and that their witness would grow. And so I, I think the point for us is, in kind of wrapping this all together, is that we too are in the midst of a season where things are difficult. And it would be easy to think that the gospel has stopped advancing, right? Or, or to even get a little bit dejected about it or a little bit maybe beat in, in the sense of spirit around it, right? Lost our, our morale in the advance of the gospel and think that maybe it's even retreating with everything that's going on. But I think what this passage would want us to see and what, what this should cause us to look for is to look around us, right? And, and to kind of just look and see all the ways that the gospel is spreading even now. Right, the ways that the gospel is advancing that, that are completely unexpected, but that, that only could have been brought about by the difficulty that we're going through. Right? And so I do, I just want to wrestle with this question. I want us all to kind of wrestle with this question that in this season, how is the gospel advancing in ways that are unique? Right? How is the gospel advancing in ways that wouldn't have even been possible six months ago? And then the follow-up to that is, if we're seeing the gospel move forward, even in the midst of adversity, right? Even in the midst of this difficulty that we've all been caught up in, how are we joining in that? How are we joining in the advancement of the gospel in this season? Because the truth is, there isn't anything that can stop the movement 
of the gospel, no matter what's set in its way, no matter what adversity it encounters, the gospel always moves forward. And so as we see people in this season finding hope, right, in a, in a season that can seem hopeless, as we see people finding joy in a season where it feels like joy can be hard to find, and as we see the gospel changing and reaching new lives around us, hopefully that encourages us. Hopefully that lifts our souls a bit because Paul, he was in prison which isn't something to be glad about, but he kept his eyes open and he looked for the movement of the gospel around him. And when he saw it, it brought him joy and it brought him comfort and it brought him boldness. And we see the gospel moving in this season, just like in that one. And as we do, as we see all the creative ways that God is working in this season and is bringing about the advancement of the gospel, I hope that it has the same effect on us. I hope that it brings you joy and that it brings you boldness, even in the midst of the difficulty. Thanks for listening today. I hope you're doing well. We'll be back tomorrow with another short devotional. So stay tuned.